1: Hello, and welcome to gamesatwork.biz. This is Michael Martin, one of your three co-hosts, which you'll meet another two here in a moment because that's how we roll on gamesatwork.biz. This is your weekly dose of technology. It's a fun thing for us. Hopefully it's a fun thing for you. And let me pass it around the horn to Mr. Michael Rowe. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. Happy
0: Friday and very glad to be uh, here on the show with our good friend,
2: Andy Piper. Andy. Hello, yes, you? I'm glad to be making up the A part of the equation of 2XM plus A, as Alexis referred to us this week. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Hi, yes, I'm here and ready ready to talk tech. Awesome. Well, we're going to start with something
1: that the two of you have had a play of chance to play with already a couple of times, a room designer called RoomGPT.io. So what's the story with this and what have you found so far with your five free opportunities
2: yeah i came across this one last week and i think i shared it actually shortly after we recorded last week which is almost always the way we record on a friday <laughs> and then we uh we both we all sort of uh finish our days you you both uh finish your your day and i i'm getting ready to to he- hit the sack and then of course suddenly friday evening lots of interesting links start to come across the internet, and. Uh, we start to share them again ready a week in advance for our following show anywho uh, roomgpt.io is <laughs> uh, um, the domain and there is it's open source so you can go get the code on github as well and it is using i believe the controlnet model uh, machine learning model to generate variations of rooms so you upload a photo of a room and you tell it uh what style of room you want so things like minimalist or uh tropical or uh, steampunk i think i think it's called vintage um you also tell it what type of room you're showing it now this is the bit that i was slightly confused by initially because i for example put up a picture of our of a workshop studio space and i kind of referred to it as an office because that's what it is i guess and that was one there wasn't a workshop studio space slash hack hack space as one of the drop downs but you could also say actually this is a bathroom kitchen or living space Um, what appears to happen in that case uh, as i discovered today is it then puts couches everywhere if you say it's a living room for example um i haven't tried all of the options that you get a few uh runs a day um and given things like open ai have introduced per usage billing now uh, i was grandfathered into the uh, the free use of chat gpt um through dali when i got access to dali originally but then this week i started to use a an app which isn't in our show notes uh, from a friend of mine that i used to work with uh, which is really fun it's called short circuit um it's uh it's a test flight um app at the moment and it's uh, sort of a uh, 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 an app based on ChatGPT, but um, it asked me to put in my OpenAI API credentials, which I did. But then it started failing because they just introduced the pricing model, and I hadn't uh, put in my uh, billing information yet. So it started giving me unexpected errors about being over my limit <laughs> until yeah. we we, we <laughs> debugged it. But the cool thing about Short Circuit is it's designed to be um, used with shortcuts, um, so you can get. Uh, oh. Apple uh, shortcuts to uh, execute chat GPT type queries, for example. Um, I'll need to check whether that's something we can w- more widely share with uh, with the listeners, but uh, I think watching those kinds of things come along is, is kind of cool. Anyway, I digress, as we do sometimes on this show, but um, I thought Room GPT was fun, and part of, partly it was fun because it was tailoring the machine learning model to a single task, uh, which is in this case, yeah. mix this up, show us what this could look like in a different style. Um, it doesn't change the locations I, I, of objects particularly.
0: No, not at all. It 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 does change the objects, because I, d- I did a bathroom and uh, uh, it radically changed the look. It suddenly became a dark huh. cave. Or well, maybe it just <laughs> knew you. Uh, instead maybe. of this very bright, open... Master bath that we have uh, changed the shape of the tub, uh, which was kind of interesting, also. Uh, but uh, it, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, as you say, Andy, using it for a very specific task, uh, I think, is a really good usage of these types of uh, models because you can tailor it to that domain space and actually have it give less random or weird answers. In theory. Right?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's the theory, right? Because it it does seem to introduce artifacts in there that are not like the uh, sixth or seventh finger or extra teeth, as we've seen in the uh, Mm -hmm, images mm -hmm. of people. But uh, on the generated room, just from the main website itself, if you zoom in just a bit, you can see the couches seem to have some, you know, interesting artifacts that were added to it. Your your bathroom looks pretty uh, interesting. It's interesting, but it doesn't it doesn't look like it added like you know sixteen spigots or anything like that for uh, no the there, there
0: are some things that I recognize in there um, just because I know what it replaced. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But the fact that it changed the shape of the tub from an oval to more of a deep triangular, rounded triangular model was kind of bizarre. Um, and uh, the the rock window. Right, which is an actual window right now with blinds on it. it. It recognized that it was a window, removed the
2: blinds, and covered it with rocks. Again, I, I think I think the <laughs> the AI is just inside your head, Michael, and it just knows your style particularly well. It, it is it's, it's it's exactly
0: my style. I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
2: I, I actually notice as well but that no, they uh, seem to have reduced cool. uh, the number of times you can run it in a day. I think earlier in the week it was five, and it's down to two now. Um, yeah, I got one run out of it yesterday when I was testing so, it. <laughs> which I, I, I totally get it. It's completely reasonable to me that people yeah. are um, constraining those kind of uses of, of this technology. But yeah, just a fun little one to share with, with our listeners, I thought.
0: Yeah, and, and, and as you say, the code's available on GitHub. So if uh, if you wanted to, to tweak it yourself, that's that's.
2: that's I'm great. going to generate a professional bathroom out of my studio right now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I may have I may have logged in using a different ID to get myself another couple of generations. A a studio bathroom. Let's see what we get from this. <laughs> so the studio regularly has a 3D printer, some desks, bookshelves, and uh uh you know, some some other stuff, tech stuff in there, lighting and so on, and it's generated me a bathroom with at least three or possibly four bathtubs where the <laughs> the desks were. Okay. Uh uh and yeah what did i say i wanted a professional remodeled bathroom hmm well i think it's got at least it's got one i think it's got one toilet on top of a bathtub because it presumably couldn't figure out what those <laughs> what to replace those particular objects with but anyway there you go i need to uh send that We'll need to add that to the uh show notes so m-
1: m- moving along, we- we've got, a, um, a, uh, a movie description or movie theme here for a little bit earlier in the podcast than we normally do. Um, and this was, a, an article that came across my feed pr- probably soon after yours did Here, your Andy on Friday night, because that's what seems to happen, uh, was, um, Lord of the Rings from the CBR.com, um, article talking about what could have happened if there had been a final battle between Aragorn and Sauron there at the gates of Mordor. And um, this caught my attention because there's lots of stuff going on in the Lord of the Rings realm these days. And anytime that there's deviations, um, gosh, you know, think about it this way, deviations from the standard, right? You know, so what what have you done when you try to generate additional storylines that just weren't there? Um, the point, the point here was that this was a set of filmed material that never saw the light of the day and was not in the extended, extended remix, which, by the way, is is coming to theaters near you, at least here. Um, the Return of the King super extended version is going to be um, showing in, in the, the theaters. theaters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and it, that's I, I think it's at least a three, maybe four hours thing. It's it's long.
0: It's it's four. Uh, I like you i own them and i did a i actually like you did back in 2006 a a all-day marathon of the lord of the rings so 12 hours straight
1: <laughs> yeah yep yeah, we 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 did that um just recently here too so so anyway it was it was an interesting thing for me to, to kind of go, th- go through this a little bit knowing what i know about the books and um <laughs> And going, okay, what were they thinking, and what did they intend to do? And I'm glad that they didn't do it in the end. So yeah,
0: it, it, but it, the, the 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 video that they show with it at the bottom, where they have some of the 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 art that was used, yep, um, yep. and some of the video that was actually shot for the scene, um, it would have been interesting, but it would have messed up the story. I agree. It,
1: yeah, and and the focus was not on that battle. The focus was getting the ring into the fires of of (laughs) of mount doom that's that was the point um yeah so so that then sprung forward for you into another article about the lord of the rings games michael
0: yeah uh, it's funny uh as as you mentioned right as we saw right as i saw your article come across uh i had seen this other article about you know they really you know with all the positive of the Hogwarts Legacy game, not the political controversy around it, but the game itself. Just take it as a game. Uh, that uh, they really should use that same method and, and model and approach to to really do a good Lord of the Rings Online game. Uh, and they said, well, there were a couple attempts in the past. And uh, the attempts that they describe in the past, uh, I didn't play, but I had played one, one of the original Lord of the Rings Online. I think it was called Lord of the Rings <laughs> Online. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. uh, what a novel idea, uh, which, which um, visually was stunning. Uh, and it tried to do exactly what they describe here in this article, which is put you in the world um, and you can you know build out. and maybe what you should do is either do 100 years before or 100 years after some time period. Um, but I found that uh, it's not the visual, it's the story that becomes important in games like this how do you set a story that makes r- relevant sense in the canon of the, the the game as well as the canon of the story, right? Um, so, or the franchise, I should say. And I had found that the original Lord of the Rings Online game mi- failed miserably there <laughs> uh, and became purely just a grind game. Uh, and so so that was not very good. And I do hope they come out with a good Lord of the Rings Online game that, that would be uh, compelling and engaging. Um, I have not played Hogwarts Legacy, um, and so I can't talk to that. But uh, it's always interesting when, when game studios keep trying the same material over and over again to try to get it right. And I'd like to see where they end up with
2: this, assuming that they try again. Wasn't in fact no, not a wasn't. I know there was a battle against Sauron um, with the protagonist in the Xbox. uh, Well, the most one of the most recent. What were the what were the two games for the Lord of the Rings first person games that you ran around and dominated orcs and smashed people up? brain is blanking on the names Don't of them. I remember those. Um, the two most recent Lord of the Rings games from the same studio that's Well,
0: the ones that they talk about here are Return to Moria.
2: It wasn't an art, it wasn't a, uh, um an MMO though. An MMO RPG. Um, but yeah, no they're recent and I'm just my brain is just blanking on their names. Uh which is Don't really quite those. irritating. Um and uh Uh yeah, there's one of those uh, at least one of those where you fight uh the uh, Shadow of Mordor. There you go. Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Yeah, so Shadow of Mordor is the one where you fight Sauron at the end, At the end, which huh. I've just ah. spoiled the ending of. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, you I never completed Shadow <laughs> of War. I mean, because it, it was a sequel, and I just never played it all the way through. But I did. I played Shadow of Mordor. It was great. Great games.
0: Were these were these, uh console? Uh, or were they, PC? they are
2: both, I believe. But I had played them on the Xbox.
1: Was it more yeah. of a fighting yeah. type yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. So it's a one, okay. is it one
2: yeah. person, first person run around, uh, first or third person run around open world and destroy things type game. It was good though. Yeah. Pretty really good story. Okay. Repetitive type, uh, repetitive so, sort of gameplay, but...
1: Yeah. And and there's a rich enough set of uh, monsters and tasks and all that sort of stuff that can that can work here, too, just as you you have within the Star Wars universe or these other universes as well. Um, Switching gears just a little bit to some more um, tiny things, because we've had a few of these on the the show here as of late. Uh, The first of which we have is a mini Mac. It's not a (laughs) Mac mini. It's a <laughs> it's a mini Mac and it's it's this tiny little 3D printed Mac with a small floppy disk that is like just barely jutting out of it, and uh, the the screen allows you to see Prince of Persia uh, being run on it. Um, Andy, in your your makerspace, have you seen something like this here before? I haven't. This recently? is
2: apparently though the instructions are all on. Instructables, uh, including down to the filament to get to get the right color for the the Mac style. So um, to describe what we're looking at, it's probably sort of sit in the palm of your hand size classic style Mac, where Mm -hmm. you've got the uh, the CRT monitor body um, with the with the disk drive underneath with with no would have a separate keyboard Uh, and in. Uh, in place of the floppy disk, you've got a uh, an SD card pushed in there um, because this is actually running on a Raspberry. It's a micro SD, yeah. it looks um, like. N- no, it's a full SD by the looks of it um, from the pictures on the instructables. But uh, Hmm. Okay, because uh, the video it looks to be about the width of
0: three keys on a keyboard for the entire. Interesting. Device. So maybe
2: I'm th- they've done some something diff- slightly different because this is running on a Raspberry Pi Zero, um, which of course the uh, it's pretty. With well, a Pi Zero Two W is is pretty rare to get hold of at uh, the current time, which is a bit annoying. Uh, otherwise this would be fun thing to make because I've almost certainly got a, an LCD display I've got a ton of those lying around and I could probably uh, print this so in fact they've given given the hex codes and types of filament for the uh, newer Max or the original plus or 512k max um, it's, it's super cool I, I, I do enjoy it but um, I don't know whether uh, the instructable went as far as uh, doing getting things like prince of persia and stuff running on it but this confused you michael because you were you were looking up as i think we both were what they're running on the mac to make it look like it's running classic mac os yeah
0: and 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 i had immediately gone to macintosh.js which is the javascript implementation of a mac that you can download for whatever platform you're on and 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 play with so um i i do get little bombs a lot playing with it (laughs) that's so. pretty
1: funny yeah so you can play oregon trail civ 2 <laughs> on this
0: well civ doesn't work f- for me it crashes immediately it, it reboots the entire simulator
1: <laughs> oh that's no good yeah that's no good yeah so so take a look at mac uh, macintosh.js over on github we'll have these links for you as you uh, as you come into the show notes um We've been talking here a little bit about games on this particular episode, as one does. Um, And there's a a very intriguing one here that relates to several of the stories we just went through about SimCity um, and about the in particular, the launch of SimCity 2013, which melted the servers. Because too many people tried to log on at the same time. Uh, plus, it was uh, ahead of its time in a lot of regards. Plus, it was a, a, a something that um, unfortunately turned into a, uh, a real challenge for the, not just the players, but the support team and everyone else. And then got um, replaced by a different city simulator in the end.
0: Um yeah, and, and Michael, I know you're a huge fan of of SimCity and I know we've talked about it in the past and you, you you've talked about it a lot. Did did you play 2013? Did you no. try to get it? No, I,
1: I didn't. Um <laughs> we do know that um this SimCity 2013, its claim to fame was all around being online for multiplayer. Opportunities, And I didn't do a lot of multiplayer stuff. I mean, I played Diablo and a few things like that. Those are my multiplayer forays. But um, longtime listeners of the show might recall that I did a rewrite of the um, George Thorogood song, I, Ga- I Drink Alone, to be I Game Alone. And I enjoyed that a lot. So I did not play a multiplayer version of this. Um, and I would have to say that, that, the, the melting of the servers that happened as a result of everyone trying to play it all at the same time, uh, relates very much to what we were just talking about at the start of the show of how many of these rooms do you want to generate right now? And how do you get that experience out there for more people so that it isn't just the three of us like generating a hundred rooms a piece and other people get frozen out and they don't get a chance to try.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I find, you know, like you, I, I like these types of real-time strategy games, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I can't imagine why I would want to play it as a multiplayer game. <laughs> now, at the same time, um, visiting a city you created might be interesting. Well- Right. And being able to walk around and look around and see how you evolved that city and designed it. Um, but uh, definitely wasn't in my style of games uh, that I like.
2: So as the show historian, I uh, did. I thoroughly prepared for this segment of this week's show. Um, that's that's a com- that's a <laughs> complete lie. I've just been literally searching through the blog archives right now, uh, and we did talk about Sims <laughs> the last times we spoke about SimCity around that period, twenty thirteen period, um, back before uh, I was a regular and uh, when Phaedra was with you both. Uh, there were some uh uh, the episode 22 back in 2012 it was discussed uh it was discussed in episode 60 back in 2013 and i guess that was when this came out because you had a guest i believe on the show in that episode and uh it's in your selected games we're playing or thinking about so i'm guessing that probably came out around then Um, and then back in 2015 no, we thought about it and said nah. 2015. It uh, there was a big DRM disaster, I believe, when uh, when they they made an update and it broke SimCity through uh, DRM as well, um, which uh, was a shame. I can't read the story that's referred to because uh, that's, that's linked to from those show notes in, in episode 109 because uh, I apparently am not a resident of the United States and therefore I'm not allowed to to read the. Uh, or uh, or rather i like, under under eu gdpr they can't be bothered to uh do uh, sensible cookie settings anywho um what i was actually going to talk about in this situation there was um thinking about the sims now the sims uh community has had quite a uh, love-hate relationship with the concept of multi- online multiplayer. So there are there are mods for the current Sims Four game that enable groups of people to play together, but it's uh, very much a hack. Things don't work properly. Um, they've. Yeah. I think the, th- the Sims community is quite um, either terrified that EA is going to release an online version or a version that's online only and require interaction with other households and p- potentially would lead to these kinds of scaling and uh, Disasters when when you've got lots of people trying to 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 work together in, in an MMO style of life simulator um, But also you've got the, the the vocal fans who are very much you no, know, We don't want the sims to be an online thing. Um, it doesn't not not everything has to be. I think there's a a uh, a strand of conversation about the the next generation of sims game whether or not it might have an online element they certainly said it's going to run on both mobile and desktop and be sort of multi-device multi-platform you can do different things in different um depending on where you are in your life kind of day the other thing though i was going to mention is that there's been a very popular city simulator uh called city skylines which uh, I don't know whether you both are familiar with or have come across, but that's been sort of the, Mm -hmm. almost the replacement for SimCity in the last um, few years. And the people that have been uh, successful, the company that's been successful building City Skylines has just released a teaser for their new life simulator game, which is going to compete with The Sims. Uh, So these kind of... uh, Crossing of the streams in Ghostbusters is occurring in the gaming industry here. We've got, I believe, two of the producers from Sims 2 and 3 games are now creating this uh, this new uh, game from the same people. I'm just uh, Googling it so I can fill in some more information as we go. Obviously, a lot of interest in, in this space. None of it is really getting to the point of the digital twin-type stuff we've spoken about, but, uh, right. yeah, an interesting... Interesting that just enabling a a game to be online in the sense of SimCity 2013 caused it to to die so quickly. When now I think a lot of games are but expected to be uh, have an online component. Yeah, but but but, but think about it. Um,
0: the the difference between SimCity and you know um, back then World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings Online, etc. SimCity is a simulator. It yes. is trying to be a level of a digital, a, a digital right. twin, right. versus just a game with some very finite set of of state that could exist. So um, I I can still see the challenge of a true SimCity or city simulator being fully multiplayer today, because we don't have multiplayer digital twins yet either. We have digital twins that represent the state of an environment at Mm -hmm. some level of complexity, but they don't also then include all the people and all the interaction the people are having with that simulated environment. So it seems like uh, uh, both a scale and uh, scale as in number of data points, uh, as well as a, a network issue of the network of those data points Uh, being pumped across the network infrastructure so that you and I see the same thing roughly at an equivalent
2: time to make it relevant for a simulator. Right. Just to to clarify what I was talking about previously, the game that I was referring to is um, from a studio called Paradox Interactive. Uh, The game is going to be called Life by You. Um, The studio is run by uh, a chap called Rob rod humble who was previously a producer on sims 2 uh, ea and maxis Um, and there's uh i believe an event coming up or later in march where you're going to get so they're going to show off gameplay and i think there's an element of uh concern or interest from the, the, the 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 gameplay communities around those games um will it cause them to lose interest in skylines um which has had a ton of DLC. Will it cause them to up their game around Sims 4 and Sims and/or Sims 5 if that's coming along? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with this area because uh, my wife is a big fan, and I, I therefore follow the the space. Otherwise, it would not be quite so.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at City Skyline on Steam right now, and and to get the the full collection oh, yeah. bundle can run
2: you almost. I believe it's two hundred fifty-three right now. Somebody uh, yesterday said on one of the YouTube streams I watch that to get Sims Four with all of the DLC costs close to a thousand dollars now. I think or some crazy amount. Just the number wow. of different packs and expansions and things they've added on. So.
0: Do, do do you capture all and and uh, tag all your purchases to see uh how much you may have already spent on it? I I have no comment. <laughs> you know if you, if you're if you're a big fan, you might
1: you might actually have that kind of investment in there already. And th- think about it this way too. This is the metaverse, right? Mm -hmm. you know welcome to my city this is what i've created it's a 3d space come on come in come visit come help me create it come help me build it so could could this be that level of stepping stone i mean naturally we don't need to do a digital twin to the degree of the underlying sewer and electrical and infrastructure
2: um but you can we can do it in minecraft right right? but again as michael to michael's point it's that's not a simulator it's a it's a sandbox that you can build stuff in Mm -hmm. and stuff is going on in and you can run it on a server and and have multiple players but you're not then also doing all of that additional simulation crossing boundaries between essentially what we used to call uh sims in second life um ironically Mm -hmm. um (laughs) passing data flows between them causing them to evolve in different ways uh there's still i guess a, a bunch of Technical forethoughts to be done to make those things more successful. Sims and Prims. Well,
0: I, I I know we've got one mm. more story and we've got just a few minutes left. Oh yeah, so <laughs> let's let's let's, uh, let's, let's take let's it to go the, to the moon. moon, to the moon, to the moon. Yeah. So Michael,
1: this this is your space <laughs> to be here.
0: Well, was it wasn't wasn't my story, but I I loved this the 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 space, uh, and uh, I I heard about it on a couple of different. Uh, th- Oh, podcast this week. So I was glad to see it come across our feed. Um, so there is a a startup in Florida in the U.S. that has just secured funding to provide miniature data centers yes. on the moon. Uh, and they, they, they did a test, I believe, with the International Space Station um, to just see how this could work. Uh, think of this as the ultimate cold storage backup Maybe. of your system. <laughs> not quite absolute <laughs> zero, but it's pretty cold on the on the moon. Uh, and uh, the the part that I was worried about when I when I read this article and when I when I heard stories about it is uh, the amount of shielding you need uh, for for the data centers, right? And the data centers, they're <laughs> th- to me they are data yes. storage devices. It's basically so a, a big NAT. Right. You're, you're not going to be doing remote processing on the moon and expect the response to come back to Earth right. in, so, in any way. So of the, the, what
2: they're theory. describing is a miniature data center, weighs about two pounds and has a capacity of 16 terabytes, which draws power and communications yeah. from the yeah. lunar lander. Uh, so I agree with you, Mike. But, but, but I agree with you, Michael. It's, right? it's hard to see <laughs> it as a date. It is absolutely more correct to see it as remote, very remote data storage, long-term data storage, than it is long-term, depending on the shielding um, versus because right, 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 right. that's my. Be uh,
0: the shielding was the, the normal thing. Is like all, all you need is one one stray uh, piece of the solar wind to hit hit it and wipe out all your data. <laughs> But because be on the moon, secure. you don't have the magnetosphere around uh, the, the the satellite to stop things from destroying your electronics.
2: <laughs> well, and all, yeah, I mean, it's the <laughs> but it, it is in Florida. It, it is the the dust. Yeah, the dust itself can just impact the, the surface at, at thousands of miles an hour without you know being necessarily slowed down. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, there's, if you read the comments on the Gizmodo article here. Mm-hmm. From people who sound authoritative, I don't actually know uh, how much, how qualified they are <laughs> to be making the statements they're making. Um, there's definitely some things, as Michael says, around shielding temperatures, radiation could be dealt with potentially, but there's all kinds of other things. So it's definitely an interesting step. And I certainly spotted it both because we're interested in as a group in this. And I also I know Michael's very interested in everything related to space.
0: I, I I actually find what's more interesting is, uh, and I think Microsoft and a few others have been doing this, looking at uh, data centers. That's right. Underwater. Yes. In the ocean. That I find very interesting because of just the, the temperature of the data center. At the same time, you don't want the ocean to become a big heat sink. Uh, we already have enough problems because <laughs> the oceans are warming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it would take a lot of data for that to happen. I I actually thought that the coldness of the moon was going to be one of those major major things. So, yeah, with your with your uh, blurry vision on yeah,
0: there. No, yeah, you I know. I was going <laughs> to fix that. I was going to fix that. My,
1: Michael has a space book that he's showing Andy and me right now. It's yes,
2: not in not, in just not just a, a space, space book. book. The space it book, the, the space, space book. shuttle. Oh,
0: it's the book. The book on the space shuttle, very nice. Uh, Mission by mission story of all of the space shuttle. shuttle. Do we want to? Do we want to end with one more spacey thing? We should. We could. Pigs in
1: space. So the, the last bit that we'll, we'll focus here is um, if you're a big Star Trek fan, um, there has been an update to the L-Cars, um home screens and uh, all kinds of other visuals that you can get from Icon Factory. Uh, we'll put a link there. So if you want to have your iPad, iPhone, your Mac, or whatever device you want, maybe probably even Windows devices, I, I assume, uh, with that kind of wallpaper and background, look, you can get them.
2: And If you, you want be- it to look like a fully functional car system, but just be a picture... Picture, then yeah go ahead download it put it on your screen all right well um guys i think that's a time for us now so um
1: make sure to you set your clocks for this um well for for yesterday if you're listening to this when it comes out you you should have reset <laughs> you, your you
2: should clock have already done US, this but if you're US, not in the u.s yeah. don't reset in your <laughs> clock yet unless yeah, you're listening be to this to three it. weeks later and you're outside the u.s in which case because it is a podcast <laughs> Or indeed, and was three years later. Then you should have been uh, resetting going through the back, back issues. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Then you should probably, if it's exactly three years later, you probably should do it <laughs> or have just done it.
1: Or maybe there won't be any more time zones Time by is then. great. Who knows? The time is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, from, from current us to future you, we wish you a great day ahead, and we will talk to you again soon on gamesatwork.biz.
2: See ya. See ya.
0: Bye. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz.